0: Bye. <laughs> Welcome back to the H2P Podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter, the pit beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks for joining us here on a Sunday. It is June 6th. We talked to you about pit football on Thursday, so bringing it back on the H2P pod, we're going to talk to you about some pit hoops. Now, of course, there's a little bit of news, both good and bad. We're going to start with the bad news first. Unfortunately, uh, Eric Mobley, The Pitt center from the 90s passed away this week at the age of 51 after a long battle with with cancer. It is uh, very unfortunate. He was a first-round pick for the Pitt Panthers in the 90s. Uh, When he joined Pitt, uh, he had to sit out a year because of Proposition 48, but he was able to play for three years, started his last two years, at Pitt, where he averaged 6.8 rebounds and 10.2 points per game, was a first-round pick um, at the as 18th overall, uh, going to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, in 1994. Um, didn't really hit it off. He only had three years in the NBA, but still, I mean, it's an he had a great story. He came from the Bronx, uh, made a name for himself as emov at at Pitt, and it's uh, it's just 51 is too far too soon for anyone. So. Uh, thoughts go out to the Mobley family, um, and uh, it, it is a, it is a sad state of affairs. But you know he's one of the the Pitt centers who impressed over the years. And at 6'11", 235, he was a big man who you know brought some hope to those Pitt teams in the in the early nineties uh, when he was playing. You know that was when the when Paul Evans was coaching, and when he came in, uh, he helped them to two more winning seasons uh, and being eventually ranking at thirteenth. Uh, was the highest ranking that they got in the 1992-1993 uh, season? They ended up being a ninth seed in the in the Big Dance and losing in the first round. But still, uh, the, he had some really impressive contributions in those years before they wouldn't make the tournament for several years. In fact, that 92-93 season was the last time that they would make it um, until the Ben Howland Brandon Knight uh, years of 2001. So. Uh, rest in peace to Eric Mobley and thoughts and prayers to his family Um, but I wanted to use this time we can flip to the good news because Pitt just went out and did get another player in the transfer portal um uh he they got they got a a guy who's coming over from Stony Brook uh you know one of the smaller D1 schools that can be competitive but Muhammadu guy he's uh He's he's adding to the front court presence that Pitt basketball has. He's six foot nine. He's two ten, and Pitt needs size. That's ultimately the bottom line here. Is that when it comes to Jeff Capel's offenses and defenses, and really Pitt as a whole, since DeWan Blair, I mean they had Gary McGee. You know they had a few guys here and there, but nobody was a shop wrecker in the in the paint for Pitt they were hoping to get that guy in John Hugley but of course then you know he had his charges and now he'll be back this season out the the chargers are, are you know are, are done with but guys guys gonna be a, a person who he's he's smaller so understand you know and I mean when you when you think about it I mean 6'9 210 he's that, that's skinny um, but when you think about it and you think about Pitts overall roster right now they only got three guys at 6'9 or taller that's John Hugley at 6'9 Max and Madison at 6'10 and now guy at 6'9 210 and when you look at this group and you remember last year with uh with Abdul Kareem Koulibaly now he's transferred and he's gone playing for St. Bonaventure And, you know, you had Terrell Brown, you had taller guys, but nobody that was a paint presence, nobody that came in and was able to establish something on the inside that teams had to be, you know, had to fear, had to respect in their game. Now, again, guys coming in here, he's not a, he's not a superstar, but at Stony Brook, he did post some impressive numbers, averaging 9.7 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, and 3.1 blocks, which that average is the most in Stony Brook history. And that's where I think that guy's going to be able to fit in with the Pitt Panthers. He, he's going to be the person that they, that they may need to rely on as a veteran to be that defensive presence when they need to shut, shut it down in the ACC. And the ACC got a ton of big people. You know the the you know, we saw Florida State and how their bigs ran ran Pitt, uh, North Carolina did it. Now, granted, most of North Carolina's bigs have hit the transfer portal because, like I said, I've been saying for a while, Pitt wasn't the only program getting impacted by the transfer portal. Uh, but this is this is some a place that they need a real presence for the first time in a while because. We could talk about Femi Utacali. You know, last week on this on this on this podcast, I talked about Femi Utacale getting a floor general, getting the, you know, the court vision back and having a, a person conduct the offense in the backcourt. But in the front court, you need somebody who's going to open up the paint. You know, force, got force, or open up the rest of the floor because when you can force a team to have to double down and, and at least be scared of that, or you you also you defend the paint better so that they're not just driving to the bucket and getting easy and getting easy baskets. That's going to improve your game. That's going to improve the paint. Pitt hasn't had that paint presence in a while. Now Justin Champagne was kind of becoming the scoring presence in that regard, but you know he's going to the NBA, so we'll see where he goes with that. But uh, with you know, with with these guys, it's a big question to see if they're gonna be able to compete here. Now, again, the way that they're used is also a huge part of this because even Koulibaly, when he was on the court, Jeff Cable didn't use him like a traditional big man. Oftentimes, he was at the top of the he was at the top of the wing. He was he was uh, he was out here setting picks and allowing setting up for other guys. But you very rarely saw him being the the, the dominant big man inside. And There were sometimes he started to fit that role, but then he'd also try to shoot three pointers, and you'd see Jeff Cable do his oh what is he doing face because he always does that when one of his players starts getting out their role, thinking that they're about to be Steph Curry. Uh, but that's where that's where they need these guys to understand their roles. You know, John Hugley, he looks like that part. When he played, you know, he's from Youngstown. When, you know, when he played, You know, when you look at his high school highlights and what he was doing in the limited games that we saw him last year for Pitt, he looked like a big guy. He looked like, okay, he wants to be a bully. He doesn't quite know how yet. Like, when he'd get the ball, he looked like, like, what do I do with this now? But... He would also he he would turn it on and make things happen eventually. And then it was just it was very unfortunate that he got himself in the situation where, you know, he couldn't play for the rest of the year and, and continue to develop that. But now he has a full off season. And and again, Pitt getting this guy, this is now four transfer players we're talking about, they've added and and some of these guys are front court guys. Um, when you look at Daniel Oladapo, uh, Jamarius Burton's a, a backup point guard, but Chris Payton looks like a guy who could kind of fill the role that Justin Champeny left. Um, and now, guy being the fourth transfer player that they've brought in, and they only have one, still only have one high school recruit, Nate Santos, but he's more of a, a sharpshooter at six foot seven, anyways. So they got two more scholarships to work on, and we'll see what Jeff Capel does with those. But I, I still think that, you know, point guard and getting those scores back there, I think Nike Sabande, that's where the the balance of this team's strengths need to come. But they need a better presence up front. They need a they, they need a presence that's going to force teams to have to work around the pain a little bit more and to help out when occasionally you do get beat. Because again, you know, we're we're talking about Femi Uticale, really impressive guy, really good young man. Um Nike Sabande looked sharp last year when he transferred in. But you're going to be going up against some of those five-star guys that are that are playing at the one and the two guard spots. They're going to need help. There's going to be times when they get beat, you know, or when Ithiel Horton's in. And Ithiel Horton, we know his, his strength wasn't defense until late in the season. You need big guys to help with that. And when we're talking about big guys, we we know that Pitt has had some in recent history, um, even you know, in the, from the Ben Howland to the Jamie Dixon days. And I want to talk about those guys because. They weren't they didn't have to be scorers. Who were some of those guys? What were their impact and how could they influence what we could see in the future of pit centers? Find out after this break. Back to the H2P podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on dkpittsburghsports.com. We're talking pit hoops right now. Um, And remember, when you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to it in all the dkpittsburghsports.com podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are hosted. And remember, you can help out all the shows on this platform when you subscribe, but also when you rate us five stars and leave us a positive comment. That does go a long way to getting. The word out about what we're doing here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Now, continuing the conversation here um, about Pit centers. Again, I, I don't think this team necessarily needs the the super dominant, you know, uh, superstar center. To, to put all points out. It'd be nice to have one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying that because you're like, well, wait a minute, Chris, just a month ago, you were talking about you were talking about uh uh you know you know, you know get getting a superstar in Efton Reed and all this other stuff. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that getting that guy would be amazing. But you don't always you don't need that to be able to compete. And that's where I'm coming from on this, because Pitt has had tough centers and big men who have just kind of toughed it out. I mean, heck, the Brandon Knight era. Ontario let wasn't a scoring threat you know for real he was just a big dude in the middle who was gonna overpower people you know he was gonna he was gonna he was gonna be like hey we get the ball down to him you gotta worry about it and hey you you drive on him you gonna feel it when you drive on him you know and you know Siobhan Troutman not a center but another big man who could rebound defend make those plays in the post those are the type of things you need getting the basics done of being the 4 and the 5 of the team And being real 4 and 5s because oftentimes pits 4 and 5s especially under Capo with you know with Koulibaly and Terrell Brown and you know the guys before uh, and especially during the Stallings area. Ugh, uh, they were often just swing men like hey we're just going to move you out set picks move around get rebounds when you're in position but you know it did it often didn't work out these Three guys we're talking about here. Now, Max Madison looked bad. I'm not going to lie to you. In the, in the limited tape that we had on him in 2020, he looked rough. But Jeff Capel released a video uh, not too long ago, just about, about like a week or two ago, of Max Madison because they, you know, pit basketball. They Now they're, they're able to work with their players in the offseason because they've you know, gotten control of the pandemic. They couldn't do that last year. And a Madison, as a freshman last year, didn't really get that chance to develop, looked uncoordinated, looked a little overweight now he's in shape, he's doing better. And Jeff Capel said he's been the hardest-working and most improved player on the team. Now, does that necessarily mean he's going to start? No, 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 I'm not saying that. Does that mean he's even going to play that much this year? Probably not that either. But if he can at least take a step forward and be the, be a third center on the team that they could put in for just some, some tough minutes when you have a guy you're presuming that Hugley would be your starter and that maybe Guy would be your your second man or however you figure that out. But if he can come in and give you those the, 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 that... that that five to eight minutes a game sometimes where he's just subbing in and giving you tough minutes and he's physical that could be really be an interesting piece there um and again he doesn't need to be a scorer just block get in the way don't foul unnecessarily but do have the presence in the paint where it's like hey if you get a hard foul it's a good hard foul and the other team's like oh man we, we shouldn't have do that again right um those are the those, those are the kind of plays that you want your center's making right now for Pitt. And, and really, even if you're just a four, because you can come out and put two of these guys, because again, you know, Max Madison's the only one who's 6'10". John Hugley, I mean, like, if like say John Hugley ex- excels for Pitt. I mean, he was a four-star recruit, so people are ex- expecting to. If he goes to the NBA, he has to be a power forward. Because 6'9", that's, that's average. <laughs> like, there's so many guys that are that big. Um, and, statistically speaking, it's hard to get guys who are 6'11 and taller. Very few guys even exist that are playing that well. Um, you know, and the uh, Pitt is going after uh, the young Matumbo. He's not Dikembe. He's not related to Dikembe Matumbo, but he's he's been a guy in the trans, Not in the, he's been a guy in high school group that's been sitting out there. And Pitt's been, quote unquote, warm for getting him on rivals and 24 7 for quite some time. So, you know, he'd be a, another young man they could throw in that mix and say, okay, we, we have a front court presence there. But um, again, this is going to be about. Can Jeff Capel get guys to buy into being bullies? To just be the persons who, when they get those games, when like how North Carolina just kept feeding it uh, to Garrison Brooks and feeding it down down low and Pitt just couldn't do anything to stop them. and Their only hopes were to send out basically four guards and a, and, a, and, a, and, one, and and one Justin Champagny and just hope to be faster than them and cut off the ball. But when you don't have that, that that's something cool to bring in on occasion, but you need an inside presence. You don't have to depend on that when things are going badly, and, and that's just a, a realistic limitation of where pit basketball's been, especially with Hugley with Hugley being out last year. You when you don't have big men, it limits what you can do on, on on offense and defense. And then you know when people are saying, "Oh, why can't he coach Brown?" It's you know something you hear me and Dale Lally say about the Steelers all the time and about all sports. It's rarely about as much about the X's and O's as it is about the jimmies and the Joes. Because the Jimmys and the Joes, they're going to make plays. I mean. That's the bottom line here, is that you can draw up as many pick and rolls and as many, you know, you know how to break down a 2-3 zone and, and bust up Syracuse's defense and all that stuff. If you don't got the guys to capitalize on what you're drawing up, you're not, it's not going to happen. Now, you could, you could get guys to play to their potentials a little bit better, and maybe that's what Jeff Capel's going to have to work on. But you need these guys to fit roles to get these jobs done. And for these centers, I'm pretty sure the role isn't going to be, hey guys, we need you to average 12, 15 points a game. The role is going to be, you know, get eight, ten points a game if you're if you're if you're ugly or if you're if you're out there playing a lot. But you need to be getting rebounds, you need to be getting blocks, and you need to be keeping other teams in check and keep those scoring numbers down. And then that puts less pressure on the Femi Otacales, on the Nike Sabandis, on the Ithiel Hortons, on the Chris Paytons. From having to put up a ton of points every week, because I guarantee you this, Pitt is going to struggle to score early in this season. They're gonna, they need to figure out their offensive rhythm. And as much as I'm talking about how much you're, how excited you can be for Femi Odekye, you need time for them to set up and get it done. And if you're defending better, and defending is all about hustle, you know that's one thing they say. Good defense travels well all the time. And when Pitt basketball was playing at its best last year, they were playing defense. They were hustling. They were grinding. They were outworking the other team. But like I said a couple weeks ago on this podcast, sometimes when that chemistry gets messed up, like we saw with how there might have been some things with Xavier Johnson and Justin Champagne not being too big of fans of each other, sometimes the hustle gets messed up because the focus isn't there. And there's things going on that you got to worry about that you normally wouldn't. That's where this team can't afford to have that happen. they got to have chemistry. they got to believe in each other. They have to fight on defense, cut balls off. And hey, when, when, when they cut the ball off or you get beat on the situation, it's like, all right, get back to it. Get them again. And if you can be that grinding team, you can win some games that you really weren't supposed to but when you look at talent versus talent on paper and ultimately they're going to need to do that in the ACC until they start to have, you know, until they start to build their roster again. Again, you know, I think that they can compete, but reality says when you lose that many transfer players and then your best player goes to the NBA who averages a double-double, you're going to need some time to build some things back up and some time for some of these young men to develop into themselves. And the best way to do it, defense. Lock it down. Make it tougher for opponents to score. You can't make it impossible in basketball, but you can make them earn more baskets. And that was one thing that Pitt did not do, especially down the stretch after they started 8-2 and two and then fell apart late in the season. You saw plenty of times the teams would just get easy basket, easy basket, miscommunications, situation after situation where you're like, oh, man, they should have held this down. Or, you know, Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame, that was the reason Notre Dame. That's what Wake Forest. Wake Forest had no business beating Pitt, but they gave up too many easy baskets. So with John Hugley, with Muhammadu Guy, with Max Madison, and whoever else that they bring in on scholarship, if if I'm sitting there and I'm working on things, I'm working on defense, I'm working on hustle, I'm working on rebound, I'm working on being in shape, and yeah, work on scoring. But you lock it down on defense, I think that's going to be what Jeff Capel approves the most. That's our show here in the H2P Podcast. Thanks so much for listening here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Remember to rate this show five stars. Leave us a positive comment and uh, subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are hosted and you really help out the program. Stay tuned. we got a lot more coming your way. DK's daily shots are firing back up Monday. Lots of great stuff going on, as always, on this podcast platform. And read our work at DKPittsburghSports.com. where of course, we're covering your, your, your team at, at Pitt, but also we're covering the Steelers, the Pirates, the Panthers, and everything else Pittsburgh sports. Again, Chris Carter here, signing off. Ladies and gentlemen,